Hello, welcome to Maine Education Matters. My name is Matt Drewett-Card. I am not a bot, but I am artificially intelligent. Thank you very much for joining us, listening, downloading, subscribing, and just in general being fans of this particular show and podcast thing that we're trying to do. Um, today, we are starting a conversation about social and emotional learning. Uh, it's always been important. It always has been an important thing. However, over the last eight to 10 months since we've been out in terms of hybrid learning or complete distance learning, and it's been a highly traumatic time for every single person in our country, nay, the world, um, we need to have a bigger focus on it. We need to have a, a more intentional conversations of it. And so to help me start this, this conversation, I have a couple of amazing educators to introduce and to share with you that we're gonna start this conversation. First of all, I'd like to introduce you to Kelly Bailey, the social and emotional learning specialist from the Maine Department of Education. Kelly, thank you so very much for joining us today. Good morning, Matt. Thank you so much for this invitation. I'm really excited to be here and share what the DOE is doing for all yeah. things social and emotional. Yeah. I've, I've, been, I've been shouting from the rooftops for several months now how amazing the Department of Education has been. Um, I gotta be honest, I've said this in other, in other places too. A few years ago, the words rampant incompetence were just running through my head when it came to things that was coming out of the Department of Education. Not at the, not at the specialist level, but at the leadership level, which, which, but now the amount of things that are happening out of the Department of Education that are just in direct support of students, direct support of teachers and educational leaders, it is unparalleled. And I know this because I've also seen a lot of folks from across other states looking at Maine, the Maine Department of Education saying, holy hell, what are you doing? How are you doing all this? What are you doing? You're really doing this? Can we do this? So kudos to you uh, and, and the Maine Department of Education. Uh, big fans right now. Also joining us today is the Director for Curriculum and Instruction for Saco Schools, the president of the Kelly Bailey, Kelly Bailey Fan Club, and well, to be honest, the number one fan of Maine Education Matters, Julie Smythe. Julie, welcome to the show again. Thank you, Matt. Returning champion. Absolutely. Last time, the last time we, and I mean we as in the Maine Education Matters, uh, had, had discussed, talked with you, we were getting ready to have that SEL Summit back last summer in, in 2019, right? Right. That's how this all came about, my connection with Kelly Bailey and having you come down this SEL summit to see that um, to provide educators a toolbox has grown into a main department of education creating this free product. I couldn't be more proud to be in the educational field right now. Yes, yeah, so it was this it was this burgeoning building thing as it was. There was a lot of focus on SEL. There was there's been a lot of conversation on um, adverse childhood experiences over the last number of years and um, a tremendous bigger focus on uh, mental emotional uh, trauma in our kids because you know there are there are times where they come in when this trauma happens they they stop the learning they can't do the academics because something else is going on and to what extent are we recognizing that and that's been a that was a bigger focus um, and then things started to kick into gear so you just mentioned this curriculum this thing that's been re recently released. We recently highlighted it on the show a little bit when it was a big uh, uh, blast out. S-E-L for M-E or 
social emotional learning from Maine. What is this? Yeah, so I'll just hop in. First of all, thank you so much for um, the recognition um, for what the Department of Education is doing. And I can honestly say that it is, um, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing to be able to work for a commissioner of education who is really putting human beings first. And mm -hmm. Commissioner Macon um, is really trailblazing um, what we're doing here in Maine. And it is her primary goal to make sure that we are really um, answering the call of our administrators and our students and our our teachers who are saying listen we've had so much um, we've had so much training and so much uh, information about trauma and aces and we know what adverse childhood experiences are doing to our kids and we understand that we're having this limited availability for you know direct instruction but what do we do about it and that the SEL for me um, curriculum is really her, Pender Macon's, um, it's her, her answer to let's make sure that there is a foundational pre-K through 12th grade comprehensive curriculum that is, you know, um, readily accessible and free to every single educator and community member um, who, who works with youth. And we wanted to make sure that we um, eliminated the, the financial barrier. So this was, this was something we know that there are several districts um, and school systems across the state of Maine who are using SEL already. They have resources available. They have monies that they can purchase um, different types of social emotional learning uh, uh, resources. But we also know that there are several districts across the state who don't have any means to do that. And we were very, very serious about eliminating that financial barrier and being able to offer this um, without uh, worry. And, and, and we also wanted it to be a really comprehensive um, system that can meet the diverse needs of our student population. So SEL for me, that's, that's what we have. And it's, uh, how can I say this? It has been, I started at the Department of Education in January and that was the number one task that was plunked on my lap by our commissioner. Um, we worked diligently and tirelessly and it was a Herculean effort um, mm -hmm. from, from you know, just establishing a, an SEL macro team that was informed by Maine DHHS, Maine CDC. We partnered with people from the opioid task force. We really wanted to make sure that we were putting in the, 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 the modules and the lessons, um, real purposeful, intentional teaching that would really help, help students build their emotional intelligence. So if I understood you correctly, you joined in January and this has been a project that was it, had it been started before you got there or was it like said, Nope, welcome in. And by the way, here's what we're doing. So the opioid task force was um, something that was appointed by our governor um, to really take a look at um, the opioid epidemic in our state. And so they had started with uh, looking at social emotional learning as a primary prevention. And we know that we know it's evidence-based, it's backed mm -hmm. by brain science. And so there was a, uh, some work that had already been done before I came aboard, but my job has never existed before. So there really wasn't a roadmap, but commissioner making knew that in order for this to go deep and wide, we needed to have an SEL specialist come on. So I came on in January um, and we started out before COVID uh, really putting together some big, uh, trauma-informed workshops and trainings. Our first one was at the University of Maine at Orono, and mm -hmm. we had approximately 
almost 300 people attend and we were meant to do it again in Southern Maine in March and then again in, uh, in April um, down here on the coast somewhere. And it all went haywire because COVID hit. Kaplunk, kerplooey. So we couldn't do it, but we knew. So, but at the same time that we were doing those, those huge um, meetings or uh, excuse me, seminars at the, at the universities, we were partnering and working towards putting together an SEL curriculum. So this was something that we were, we knew we were working on, but we did not know how, how quickly it was going to be needed, you know, due to COVID. Um, And so we fast tracked this um, and here we are. That's something I think needs highlighting in all of this is that during the time that everything was just on, everything was at the, at the level of 11, you know, we're not usually we're at a six or a seven, we were at 11. Um, The department of education had the foresight and had the understanding that this is something that would be needed, not just in the immediate, but in the long term. And so during all of this craziness, uncertainty, this thing was built. And we're going to get into it a little bit more in a minute. Then, but, but I think that's really worth understanding and unpacking that in a very short period of time. I mean, this was released when in September. No, uh, we just released it two weeks ago. Well, we had yeah, we've been we were we were ready to roll, but we had some safety measures that we needed to take care of with as far as the IT. But yeah, this this fall, it was it was our intention to get this out in September. Um, but we needed a little bit more time to put together the safety precautions with our IT department. And that takes time because sure. it's a, that's a huge thing. They have to go through all of the modules and, and we, you know, we didn't want to have zoom bombers coming in when our <laughs> teachers and our, you know, that was a real thing yeah. when COVID hit, um, everybody went to a remote platform. And, you know, as you said, everybody was in a crisis mode and educators were grieving. They were grieving because there was an abrupt ending. Nobody could have foreseen that it was going to be so quick. And we had students that were, you know, grieving that they were not able to see their teachers. And, you know, for for many kids, school is the best place they know. It is the best place they know. And they have the most support and their buffers are there. And that's where they get food. And, you know, in our state rallied, we made sure that, you know, I I can't even tell you how many days my husband, who's a a principal, you know, got up at the week at, you know, 430 in the morning to go over and help make lunches. And there were people doing Mm -hmm. that across our state, making sure that the, the basic needs of our students were being met. And then of course, our department rallied to make sure that folks had, you know, children had access to the internet and hotspots and computers so that they could get on. And then not to mention also teachers had to completely do an about face on how they were providing instruction while they were, while they're in this, you know, crisis mode. So we really needed to answer that call. And the first thing that we did was we um, started content hours. Um, my colleague, Bear Shea, myself, um, we had MTSS, um, we had Deca Deloc, and you know, a lot of us, we, and all of the specialists, all the content specialists opened up content hours and we had teachers flocking to the mm-hmm. mental health and the um, SEL. I think we logged in over 5,000 hours of direct contact. And the other thing that we did is we provided brain-based emotional supports every single morning and every single night. And we had maybe, you know, anywhere from, I can't tell you, 
10 people to 100 people on any given day. And they're there because they were flocking together to hold space for one another to have somebody like me walk them through a mindful moment so that they could get ready and prepared to see kids on a screen who were in, you know, in varied levels of, of urgency and upset. So that was, that was our first call to action. And that yeah. you're right, that was recognized across the country. It's, it speaks to the level and the, the importance of connection that we, we, that's what everyone was craving. Everyone needed because we were all removed from that. And that was where the, this focus of the social emotion learning, I think really came into prominence into all schools, all curriculum at once, because it was a thing that we realized well, we can't just do kind of phasing in now. It can't be. It can't be yeah. a phase in. It's got to be this, and it's got to be now, which is why, uh, Julie, I think that your summit was actually, in a way, um, very prescient and very... The, the work that you've been doing in Sanko um, has been incredible in terms of getting ahead of this and understanding the needs of our learners so that when trauma happens and it comes in, they have a toolbox, they have things already set. Um, and that's one of the things I want to, I want to just turn the conversation to is SEL pre-COVID. What was it like? What, what, was the, what were the trainings like? What was the experience like of trying to build this into an educational system? Thanks for pointing that out, Matt. Um, I could not be more proud of the toolbox that we have tried to provide our educators in SACO. Um, we started with Sue Mackey Andrews and Chris Trout in, mm. in teaching our educators about the importance of ACEs and how we can respond. And I will never forget when Chris Trout stood before our staff and just gave them permission to be human. And talked about the importance of relationships, but you know what? You're not going to say the right thing every single day. And <laughs> I, I, sure. I wanna say that um, Chris's keynote was five years ago in Saco and it just, it resonates. And I'm sure you can say this much more articulately than I can. What is the Winston Churchill quote that everyone has been saying these days about ne not letting a crisis, what, how never does it let go? A good, never let a good crisis go to waste. Never let a good crisis go to waste. Um, I hate that it's taken this worldwide pandemic to bring SDL to the front. But for those of you who know me, I do tend to see positives in places that I probably shouldn't. But if this is what it takes to have every educator um, tooled with what they need to, to support SEL. So I wanna go back for a second though. You mentioned what was SEL pre-COVID. Yeah. Um, in addition to the ACEs and providing a toolbox, you know, we brought in Lisa Flynn to um, give our K through five educators yoga for classroom training um, so that they could have some go-tos. But what we learned in SACO and what I hope all districts in Maine are, are really focusing on is SEL for our adults is so key. And what SEL for Maine is going to provide for our teachers our educators is 
sort of like that breath of fresh air that I don't have to reinvent the wheel. I have a resource I can go to that I can provide kids strategies on, reg co you know, on regulation, on um, social awareness, self-management. Um, so if I could go back in time to pre-COVID, I would have done more with the self-care for the teachers. Can't go back, but I'm proud that they have a toolbox of strategies and different resources. And just to reiterate what you've said, what the Maine Education Department has done for us is just amazing. And I could not be more thankful. And having Kelly Bailey working on SEL for Maine, SEL for Maine, um, it's just, it's a wonderful time to be an educator in Maine, for sure. Uh, it's, it's, it's really showing the, the care and the innovation that our educators, all of us really have in this field. Um, and one of the things that I'm curious about, I have a conversation about, especially pre-COVID, then I wanna get into the during COVID in a moment, but did any of you see uh, like a challenge in, the, in the, um, the different grade spans or grade levels in terms of buy-in for bringing SEL into your schools and or districts? Don't all jump in at once. Yeah, I'm well, oh, sorry, Kel. Or jump in at once. Yeah. <laughs> um, in Saco, we are a pre-K to eight district and mm -hmm. It's funny, coming from um, the high school level, I taught high school English at Wyndham for 12 years. Um, whatever the largest grade span of the district is, it, it tends to take on the big brother, big sister sort of um, relationship for lack of, better, of a better word. So when we introduced Yoga for Classroom to the Saco School Department, um, my amazing educators at Saco Middle School, whom I love dearly, but they were not very interested in doing yoga with eighth graders. So um, you, you raise a very good point. And I'm anxious to hear Kelly talk about um, what they found for middle and high school, because it, it's, it's so important and it's so needed, but there's so much going on in those uh, preteen and teenage brains, for sure. Yeah, um, thanks, Julie. I, I have to say that before my job as the SEL specialist for the state, I was working um, as a consultant across the state, and that's how Julianne and I met. Um, and I, one of the things that I, I really feel so deeply committed to and so passionate about is helping every single educator understand that when we're students and humans, and you talked about this early on, Matt, when we're under stress, when our brain is hardwired for fear and we're in that survival place, we are only able to do a few things and that's fight with our words or our body, run away from the fear, you know, whatever the danger is, perceived threat or real threat, mm -hmm. um, you know, freeze or submit. And there's something incredibly powerful about empowering youth pre-K all the way to high school to help them understand that, you know what, I'm reacting rather than responding to what's happening. And when we can give these students and give all human beings those tools for responsiveness, then I have agency over my emotions. During COVID, I had an opportunity to meet Jessica Rice, who is a, a, a brilliant um, educational um, edu ed tech um, in, our, in our main schools. And she said to me, um, 
kids, kids don't care what you know until you know, till they know you care. Let me say that again. Kids don't care what you know until they know you care. And that's what SEL is about. It's about helping build trusting connections. And, you know, Steve Jacoby is a brilliant fourth grade teacher in Warren Community School. And he, this is where we started with just a book study with introducing trauma-informed practices and responsive readiness and mindfulness and SEL. And he said, you know, I feel like I don't work in a school. I work in a relationship-based place. And that's what we're looking to empower educators, superintendents, school boards to rethink how we envision our schools. And school is where our students spend the large majority of their lives. And we don't teach a subject. We don't teach, you know, uh, a grade level. We don't teach special ed. We don't teach, we teach human beings. And I feel just like Julianne, and I know you feel this way, that if we can help every single educator have a shift in the mindset of who's walking through the door and be able to see them as, am I looking at a student who's ready to learn as the body and the brain and the heart there? Or is that is that child hurting and suffering? And can I shift how I see that ch child and make having them be there, the, you know, the, the primary thing that I focus on, because that kid may never access math unless mm -hmm. I, or reading or writing or whatever, unless he, he or she, or they know that I care that they're, that they came to school that day. So, so, what, you're, so what you're saying then, or I'm hearing you say is that my typical teaching approach, which is when kids come into the class that I teach the content and I just bequeath my genius upon to them. And I, and I, my verbal diarrhea all over the place right? And then yeah. if they get it or not, I don't care, right? I did what I have to do. That's, that's, that's not good enough anymore. Not really. Nope. And I don't think any or educator ever was good. Never. And I honestly ever? believe whole heart ever that teachers don't get into education to get to that place. I think that when we put urgency on meeting standards and assessments, and when, when I know mm -hmm. that I'm going to be evaluated based on how well my class does on an assessment, then there's this, the, the, we have a whole culture of educators walking around with their, with their shoulders up around their ears and they're holding stress mm -hmm. day after day after day. And what we know about stress is I'm going to give you my stress and you're going to respond and react to it. So we need to empower our school boards and our superintendents and people who are in positions of power to give teachers the permission to take care of their own emotional intelligence. So I have to pay attention to, am I ready to teach? Whether I'm in real time or I'm on a hybrid, am I ready to accept? And the first thing I have to do is not be on a tear from the minute I leave my house till the minute I get into my, my building. I need to have a moment to breathe and to get myself ready. You know, breathing is the number one way to calm the central nervous system non-pharmaceutically. And all a whole bunch of us walk around with this clavicular breathing pattern, this sense of urgency, and we don't calm down. And we have these things called mirror neurons, right? And if I'm come, if, you know, if I were to jump on this podcast with you and I was a train wreck, you know, you would be like, oh, I don't know if this is going to work today, right? But we do that. We go through our days just kind of avoiding and escaping what really is instead of looking at what do I need? And then that's when students are responding to us.
better, I would say. So to go back to your original question, what's going on with middle school and high school is that we know that most SEL programs out there really kind of stop at that middle, you know, maybe we'll go into the middle school, but we also know that middle school kids haven't really been responding very well to, you know, typical SEL um, because they're so hormonal and they're changing and there's so much stuff going on. And so we need to in real time embed this. So it was important to our commissioner that we made sure that the SEL for me curriculum really had a, a, a scaffolded and developmentally appropriate um, modules for middle school and high school. We know that, you know, the end result is career readiness, but we want it to be life readiness. Our number one job as educators, in my opinion, is to grow good people and to really change. We have the opportunity to change humanity. And if we can teach on purpose, empathy, compassion, and perspective taking, wow, we're going to avoid a whole lot of uh, fear-based people and reactive people in the world. So, so you just brought up the word, uh, a key word, empathy, in my opinion, uh, is really needs to be the centerpiece of any and all education, um, should have been for a while, shouldn't have been for this, but we can't, but we can't change the past. We can only, all we do is hope to learn from it and then change it going forward. So if we know these conversations, like I've heard people at the high school level say things like, well, we don't do the SEL stuff because, you know, we have to, we have to get our, we have to get our content done. We got to get the, the grades in and the academics done. And we don't have time for all this touchy feely stuff. And that's the mindset that has to be changed or that was being worked on slowly, incrementally, and really inconsistent, I would say inconsistently and, um, across the state, school-wise because of local control, et cetera. How did COVID change that? Julie, do you did want to take COVID this? change that? I would say that I've had the great opportunity to collaborate with so many middle and high school educators, administrators, school counselors during COVID, they've all been coming to and wanting to have a deeper understanding because people are unraveling. You know, we have a whole state, nation, the whole globe is 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 experiencing the same thing. And there's so much fear and we don't know. And we've had, we've had to endure a political, a very, you know, heightened political climate. Um, really? And um, and, and teachers and administrators, they don't know what to do. And so they're coming together and they're learning about this and they're understanding that we have to have, a, we have to shift the way that we view our jobs in education and that we need to take care of each other. I, I keep going back to Warren Community School because that's you know where I've spent the last 10 years, but they coined this, you know, take care of yourselves, take care of each other and take care of this place. And that's what we need to do. We need to take care of each other. And um, having a forum where high school and middle school teachers can come together and say, you know, I've been really caught up in the, you know, the content of what I teach and the urgency to, you know, get these, get these students ready for, you know, high school or get these kids ready for college or more military or, you know, or workforce, whatever. And they realize that having COVID here, we have, we don't have a choice. I mean, we were in lockdown. And so we had to right. take a, we had to have a deeper perspective of that. And so I spent a lot of time and I had the the great privilege of spending a lot of time with helping educators from pre-K to to, to 12th grade come to an understanding of how they have to process through their grief, how they have to come to an understanding of having empathy and compassion for each other. We're doing the best we can with what we know. 
and we need to do better. We cannot go backwards. Matt, I'm going to pretend I'm a podcast, um, a podcaster right now and ask a question. Is that okay? Of course it is. It's, we're, not, it's, we're not recording a podcast. We're just having a chat. We're just having a conversation. Just having a um, chat, you know, over Zoom, a little bit of coffee and tea. Right. Kelly, as you Quote, mentioned providing um, support and content, I had signed up for your um, content conversations. I believe you're offering those on Tuesday nights and Wednesday afternoons. Thursday on, afternoons. Thursday yep. afternoons. Yep. That's right. Okay. Unfortunately, I have not been able to join yet, but I would love to hear from you um, what your intent is. And I'm also wondering if you would consider, I mean, is it good that it's opened up that pre-K through 12 educators can join and learn from each other? Or do you feel you might benefit from breaking it into an elementary and a secondary yeah. conversation? Thanks so much for asking that question and putting that plug out there for folks. Um, I'm not sure that everyone really knows, but we are holding, I'm holding um, an SEL for me um, content hour every Tuesday night from seven to eight and every Thursday afternoon from three to four. It's been lightly attended. We have about a hundred people who have registered um, so people you know know that they're there but i also know that seven o'clock at night is maybe not the best time but also three o'clock in the afternoon is not the best time so we haven't been able to but i have been invited by some school districts to come in and meet with um their staff and that has been a great opportunity um, just to show them what sel for me is to have a real-time uh walk through um the the point of the for the past two weeks has been to help anybody who's having maybe some questions about what is this, you know, is this a program? Is it a curriculum? What is mm -hmm. it? Is it have to, is it a want to? So I've been helping um, with Bear Shea, the mental health coordinator, just help people um, register and get their logins, help them understand how to navigate the landing page, which is, you know, on our Department of Education website. And then what we've been doing, what I've been doing this week is really going through a scope and sequence. And my, my first uh, real, uh, commitment is to help anybody who's on there understand that in order for us to really um, embed social emotional learning into everyday academics and to support kind of a hybrid approach is that you have to understand that the the foundation of social emotional learning from your own perspective because we were once upon a time the little girls and little boys of yesterday and this didn't exist when I was a kid you know, I'm 52 years old and it wasn't until I was 40 and went to Tufts to do a mindfulness and education um, certification that anybody taught me how to pay attention on purpose. And we ask kids, we demand that children pay attention on purpose and regulate themselves so that hey, I can hey, teach you hey, what I need hey, to know. Hey, exactly. Eyes up here. Eyes up here. Eyes up, eyes up, here. up here. Hey, eyes hey, up here. hey. Right. And that has happened my entire life. And so what we're looking to do is help educators understand what it means to to be present and to be fully engaged with your with your students and also to in real time help students know that you know what hey I'm you know I'm, I'm kind of flipping my lid right now and helping that I am a big proponent of helping people understand about your brain you know am uh, is my brain hardwired for right you know for optimal learning or am I am I maybe do I need something else and for us not to just be going through the motions of education, but to really be paying attention. And the SEL for me is, 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 a, is a catalyst for educators to intentionally teach social emotional learning, but also learn it for themselves. Because I can't teach what I don't know. I would never be able to teach algebra if I didn't you know, have a basic understanding. I, I mean, you have to know what you're doing. 
And so sure. we did not want this to be an initiative. Another thing on the teacher's plate, we want, so there are trainings on there. There's a five-part educator training um, that anybody, it's free and they can take advantage of that. And I hope they will. So right now, Julie, we're going through, oh, sorry, we're going through scope and sequence right now, scope and sequence of, you know, starting with self-awareness for ourselves. And then we go onto the modules and we go in and we look at our, you know, our self-awareness modules and we talk about how you could, how you could embed this into your everyday activities or, and it's not just, you know, it's not just for social, uh, for, for school counselors, you know, it's for everyone. And we want to demystify that. Yeah. So it's for it's, it's for everyone for embedding in and intentionally, like you said, intentionally teaching. Um, one of the things that I've also seen that this during COVID of um, the importance of it. I mean, a lot of districts did things like, well, we're, for the first back in March, Aprilish, we're never going to worry about the grading. Just want to make sure we do the connection first. A lot of districts did that. Some districts didn't, but a lot of districts did. But I also um, a lot of folks. I'm going to hold this up for the camera so they can see, but I'm going to say what it is too. A lot of districts have invested in this book called the Distance Learning Playbook. Um, this thing that came out that's just like this, it's been like this massive thing. Like, well, everyone need, kind of needs this and needs to be like the playbook for how to do distance learning. But if you really look at the first like three markers of it, it's relationships, uh, credibility, and clarity. Mm-hmm. And all that, and then the fourth one is engagement. I can get into that one later. But those, those, that has nothing to do with the academic side. That has to do with the connection side. That has to do with the ability to make your distance learning environment safe, right. welcoming, a place where they know how to do it. They're comfortable. They're not just struggling with clicks. They're not just trying to show up for something just to be there. It's more about, no, we have to connect the relationship matters. And I don't think people necessarily have thought about the distance learning playbook in that way. But if we were to build into those relationships, the credibility, the clarity side of, of building a distance learning environment through a lens of SEL, through a lens of understanding trauma, through a lens of all these other components, that relationship building, that empathy driven, empathy fueled uh, environments would be so much more uh, what's the word? Full, fully developed, I think. I would agree. I saw that book. My, we have a daughter who is a first year teacher um, at Bucksport. She's an uh, art teacher and um, she has spent more time as a remote teacher in this type of platform than she has an actual person um, because she started working in March and mm. uh, excuse me, she started working in eight, uh, January. We both had our, our first, our, our new jobs at the same time. And she had two months, you know, in, in real person classrooms and then boom, COVID hit. And so she taught remotely and here she is again now doing a, a, a hybrid approach. And she, her, her, admin, uh, her principal purchased that book for their team and she showed it to me and she said, mom, you gotta look at the first few pages. It's like, it's like music to my ears because it was mm-hmm. all about the relationship and the importance of the relationship. And again, that goes back to that educators, I don't think go into, into education because they want to be caught up in this urgent place. They yeah. go into education because they like kids and they, they want to mentor and foster and develop children, right? Yeah, Julie. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to add, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't all, if we also didn't mention that we've been talking about our teachers and 
you know, just the gargantuan task they've, they've had to deal with this. Our administrators, um, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about giving administrators permission to model those relationships that whether you're a building administrator or a district administrator, um, our commissioner of education has modeled what it means to build relationship and mm. to give people the space to, um, to shine and just as you are speaking so eloquently of how we want our teachers treating students and providing them opportunities to reflect and respond, um, we want our administrators to do the same for their teachers, to get to know them as individuals, to remember why they got into education and to just give them the space to, to flourish, knowing that you care about them and you believe in them. Such a good point. Bear and I had an opportunity to meet with 53 uh, school board members and superintendents across the state of Maine last week or so to just roll out SEL for me and talk about it as a primary prevention to look at our MIAS data. I mean, we have our commissioner um, has also um, appointed um, a student cabinet. So the first time ever we have children from fourth grade to high school who are informing us in real time. This is what it's like to be a kid in my school. This is what it's like to be a kid who has, you know, all of these things that, uh, that I need support. And, you know, they're telling us that the number one thing that they're worried about is their mental health. They feel stressed. They feel overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. That's too much. They don't have, and they know that the resources are there, but they don't even have time to, 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 um, to get the resources or to use the resources because there's so much urgency. And since COVID hit, we've had, we've had these student, same student cabinet children tell us that they're breathing for the first time, that we know that there are at-risk kids. We know they're there and we're, we're doing our darndest to make sure that we're taking care of them. But some of these kids are saying, I actually like this. I like that my teacher comes on and doesn't seem so stressed. I like that, you know, I have time when it works for me to do my work. You know, so there's this thing that we've gotten so far away from, you know, we've got, gotten into that automaticity and like you said, the content driven and, and we, we need to get back to a balance of relationships and connection and support. So KBL, sorry, Matt. No, go ahead. This um, is your show. Oh, yes. We talked about at the beginning how I am certainly the president of the Kelly Bailey fan club um, and the number one fan of Maine Education, Maine Education Matters. And what I love about Maine Education Matters, it actually just happened. As I was listening to Kelly Bailey talk about an experience, a seed starts germinating. And when you were just talking about the student cabinet, this idea popped in my mind. What if administrators, superintendents across the state of Maine created their own cabinets, you know, a grade level representation in their districts and had opportunities to, to get authentic, relevant information from the students. So thank you for saying that. I'm going to bring this to my superintendent and say, we need a student cabinet in SACO to, to hear the voices. So I just love that, um, Matt, I've said this so many times to you, but you have no idea what you provide for Maine educators through what you and Matt um, Shea created with Maine Education Matters. So thank, thank you, thank you, thank you. And you know me, I, I get these ideas and I just have to share them so that they don't disappear. So thank you both for that idea. Julianne, I am really happy to help you get I would, anything that we can do to help support that because here's what we know, student voice, they want 
kids need to be seen and heard and they need to be respected and valued every single student. We need our students to be walking into schools that are safe and where they see representation of themselves on the walls and that every single student is seen and matters. And that is something that was so important when we were putting together our social emotional learning curriculum. We had, you know, it was informed, like I said, by Maine CDC, by DHHS, the Opioid Task Force, but also we had a lot of support from a DEI team at the Department of Education to help us make sure that our SEL curriculum was leveraged through an equity lens because we want every child to be represented and to see themselves in these modules. Yeah. So DEI for those diversity, equity, inclusion. Make sure Correct. everyone understands. Yes, we have a team. We have a very, very healthy team at the Department of mm -hmm. Education, and we are looking to expand our own understanding of um, our need to, to dive into what it means. What does DEI, you know, what does diversity, equity, and inclusion right. actually mean? And that means we have to do our work first. As much as we have, you know, we need to do our own emotional intelligence work first. We have to invest yep. in it. Here's the thing. We always remember the teachers who touched our hearts. We always do. I mean, I bet you and Julianne can remember. I can, I can remember those teachers. I remember their names. I remember how old I was. I remember what classroom. And I felt seen and supported and I, somebody breathed belief into my soul. And I also remember just as fast those teachers who shamed me and made me feel bad about myself or my friend or somebody in my classroom. I can remember them. And we don't remember everybody who passes in between. We just don't remember those people. So we need to also empower because we have such main Man has a group of human beings who just they we just rally together and we support it is being recognized nationally. I, I serve on uh, a board at CSI for CASEL. CASEL is a collaborative academic social emotional learning. They are the top researchers of all things SEL and they have noticed what we're doing in Maine. And that's, that's pretty cool. It's that's pretty great. Cool. I mean, we, we have been, I, I've been saying this for many years. I, we have, Maine has been one of those states, one of those places that has been truly leading in education innovation for a long time. But because we're small, we're north, we're very, very, very rural, we don't get the recognition for it. But, you know, LA gets all this, oh, we're going to go one-to-one -one iPads. And, you know, well, we've been doing one-to-one -one for like 20 years at this point. So that's old school. Um, so before COVID hit, it was piecemeal. People kind of were, were building up the understanding of it, but it was nowhere comprehensive. During COVID, it seems like everyone went, holy moly, this is, this is, this needs, this is like the need at this moment. And I know all this, like many districts during their return to school frameworks and plans, they had the academic side in it, but they also had the social emotional, intentional social emotional framework and plan. And I actually liken it to also um, digital citizenship because digital citizenship for a long time was like, well, we can build it in, we can, it's not really essential. And then all of a sudden everyone's distance learning, like, holy moly, no one knows how to write an email. No one knows how to do behavior on a Zoom. No one knows what this stuff is. So we need to actually be thinking more of these terms. So these things like shot to the, to the top of the essential side. So what happens next? You know, we're, we're still in the thick of this whole COVID thing. We're still, we have a long way to go, but there is an end. This will pass. 
what happens then? What are those things that we say that 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 quote that we brought up earlier, never let a good crisis go to waste. What are those things in terms of the importance of SEL, the, 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 the implementation of SEL, whatever it might be, to what extent do we bring that and maintain? How do we keep it at that top level of priority? Or do we? The two words that the two words that pop in my mind are resilience and relationships. That we will be able to look back with resilience of how we work together through this. We learn from it, and unfortunately, it took a crisis. Uh, many people, many many people, understand the importance of relationships. But from COVID, haven't we learned how much we need each other? How much we can mm. connect virtually? As much as I would love to be in the same room with the two of you right now, it's just, it's not possible. But right. the connection is there. The love we have for each other, right, K-Bales? Um, right. You can still feel it. And so I think we'll always, we'll be able to draw back on look what we were able to accomplish. What have we learned from it? And what do we want to continue and just keep those conversations going? Yeah, and just to piggyback on that, um, you know, when folks are looking at the SEL for me modules and they see that, you know, this is this is um, this is here. But what we want people to understand and know is that we this is just the beginning of this. We we have 450 modules with 30 to 35 lessons that are castle aligned and trauma informed, but we're not saying that, hey, this is it. Good luck with this. We're we want to go hand in hand and we're looking for we want feedback real time. We want people to, to, to take advantage of these modules. We want them to be utilized. You know, In the first week that this was open and up, one week, we had over 918 educators, parents, and community members and students who had registered, who are logging in. And we had over a thousand lessons that were being accessed. Now we have over 2000 registered users, parents, teachers, community members. You know, this isn't just for, you know, our, our teachers only where I've been networking with Maine School Safety Center, talking to people who are, um, you know, in corrections, talking to people, you know, this is outreach. Anybody who wants to access these modules can do it. And all they need is an email and they get on. And the other piece of this is that we're looking for, I'm one of now my, my charges to be building subcommittees, SEL for me subcommittees. And so we have a pre-K through second grade subcommittee that I'm hoping Julianne and her, her folks will help inform. We have a three through five. We have a, a middle school subcommittee and a high school subcommittee. And we want to build those. We have team leads from the Department of Education, but we're looking for folks in the field who will dedicate and be committed to using some of these modules to inform us. Hey, this is working. This isn't. My students are responding to this. They're not responding to that because it's not just a be all end all. It is, we want to, we want to continue to customize it and make it truly a remarkable thing that we can continue to grow and develop, not just have it be like, Oh, this is it. And good luck mm. with it. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, it, it sounds to me, and it feels to me that one of the things that, for better or for worse, this whole trauma, this this tragedy has has put onto us, is it's really showcased what the priorities in education really, really, really are. Uh, you brought up the assessment before. It's not about the assessment. Can we get our assessment to a place where it's actually focused on growth and development versus evaluation and judgment? Can yeah. we? Can we focus on the kids actually first? And a lot of us, what we've been saying for years, we should get there, but we have these other things in the way. So 
my hope, this be some of the lessons that we learn from all of this is that we don't just say, oh, thank God it's over. Oh, it's going to go back to the way it was because we can't keep doing this. Well, no, hang on. There are real things that we've learned from this that we need to now integrate to bring back into full in-person, to bring back into all this stuff. We can't just say, oh, we're going to turn a, turn a blind eye to it. If we do that and if we make that choice, in my humble point of view, that's being willfully ignorant. And I think that our educational system is better than that. I think that our main educators in particular are way better than that. And what we're gonna to continue to do is to show everyone else, this is how you do it. And you do it this way for the kids. You do it this way for the families and for the community. That's what I think is gonna happen, what I hope is gonna happen um, on a systemic level. And by the way, I don't wanna forget this. You said that you're gonna have 2000 uh, folks um, Lesson plan or people accessing lesson plan no. to users? No, um, 2,000 users, over 2,000 users. users. Yep. Well, I can tell you for certain that after this podcast airs, there'll be at least 17 more. <laughs> um, I hope so. <laughs> so where can people get this? Where can people find yeah. it and access it, download it, connect with it, et cetera? So all you have to do is go on to our main website, main.gov, and just look, or you can do main.gov, um, .edu. You just look for, actually just look for the education piece and put in, pop into the search bar, SEL4ME, and it will pop up. It'll generate the uh, landing page. It's super easy. Our, our, um, our tech people did an amazing job in making this as easy to find as possible. So go into main.gov, into the search bar, SEL for me, um, and it should pop you right into our, our landing page. I'm and doing it right challenge, now. Oops, sorry, Matt. Here I go nope. again. So my fine. challenge to all um, main curriculum leaders is to take that link, send it to your staff members and provide them some self-paced content area time where they can explore and, and get some credit for it. So my challenge to all main curriculum leaders to send that link to your people. Yep. So again, go to main.gov slash DOE slash SEL. It's actually really easy to remember. Um, because that's how you get to the SEL page. And there's a big link right there in the top right for SEL for me. Um, social emotional learning with detention from the main department of education. Uh, Kelly, Julie, if any one of our listeners wanted to get in contact with you to ask you questions about Julie, what you're doing in talk, what you're doing with your kids in the school, how you're building it in Kelly, how do I connect with it? How do I get more information from you or whatever? How can they, how can our listeners here get in contact with you? Well, I don't have very uh, many options, so I'll start. Mine is simple. You can email me at jsmythe at socoschools.org, or you can follow me on Twitter at juliesmythe33. Shout out to my favorite basketball player of all time. <laughs> and folks can find me um, by just sending me an email, kelly, K-E-L-L-I-E dot bailey, B-A-I-L-E-Y at main, M-A-I-N-E dot gov. And what we'll do is we'll put some of that information in our show notes, but also when we send this stuff, this podcast out, we'll, we'll tag any Twitter handles, whatnot. So Julie will tag yours and whatnot. Um, for us, Maine Education Matters, you can find us on Twitter at Maine Ed Matters, facebook.com, facebook.com slash Maine Education Matters. Uh, Kelly Bailey from the Maine Department of Education, social emotional learning specialist, Julie Smythe, president of the Kelly Bailey Fan Club number one fan of Maine Education Matters, but most importantly, director of curriculum and instruction for SACO. 
Thank you so very much for this conversation. This has been amazing. This has been wonderful. Thank you, Thank for, you. For, for the setup. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you.